We are two people who have experienced grief in our lives and are fascinated about life after death, or rather, life after life. So in this podcast, we will have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. We intend to bring hope and wonder to free your soul if you allow it. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. Welcome to our first episode. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We're really doing it, Trisha. Here we go. I know. Wow. It feels like it's been so long ago since we came up with this. I know. We started talking about it. We did all the planning. We watched all the tutorials and here we go. We're doing it. This is it. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. How are you feeling? I'm so excited right now and also nervous, but I'd rather be nervous than anything else right now. That's true. Maybe the nervous energy will bring us some, you know, some good thoughts and words. But in this first episode, we want to give our listeners a little background, a little bit of the who, the what, and the why. Um, So you and I both have a background in entertainment, but that's not how we met. No, (laughs) it's not. Uh, With the crazy 2020, um, we actually met virtually at the same company. Who would expect that? That's right. And last year, 2020 was the uh, work from home year. And it's really weird when you just meet people virtually online. We actually didn't meet in person for months. And when 2021 came around, one of the things that Trisha and I started talking about and found out we had in common was just our empathy to people and how much people were hurting from all the things that happened last year, whether they lost family to the to the coronavirus or they lost their jobs or their house there was just a lot of pain and we just kept talking about what could we do to help yes that's basically what we're here to do we want to help people help them explore what they've been going through these these this past year because it's been so crazy who would have thought this all would have happened? Nobody saw a global pandemic coming or any kind of shutdown, never experienced that in our lives. And that's when we realized that we both had experience with grief and a variety of grief. We right. both had loss. Not just um, loss of loved ones, but losses of jobs, losses from relationships, friendships. It's yep. not just that one thing that everybody thinks of loss as. That's true. And um, we also found out that we have an interest in afterlife based on our own experiences as well. And that's what we really want to explore in this podcast and talk more about. And we're hoping that you all go on a journey with us. But there's a, a reason we even chose today to be the first recorded episode. This has a a special meaning in Trisha's life. And so we are doing this for Trisha and tell us why we chose today. Well, today, April 15th is the second year anniversary of my dad's death. It was sudden 
um, was very unexpected. He wasn't sick. He had some health issues, but not to the extent of where we would think a massive heart attack would come about and take his life. So it was a very surprising, stressful day. So it was just one of those days that we would just sit there and go, what just happened? So um, where was, were you with him? What, ha- what happened? Well, I was laying in my bed because um, I did have back surgery three days prior to that. Oh my goodness. So I was dealing with all of that as well as dealing with this, but I was laying in bed, relaxing under doctor's orders not to do anything. And he was walked past my room when he was going to go to the other room to watch the game, Dodger game. And all of a sudden I hear a big loud sound. And I was like, kept on yelling for my dad, trying to see if he would respond um, because I couldn't get up by myself. So I was yelling and yelling. And finally I made myself get up to check to see if everything was okay because he wasn't responding to me. And that's very unusual. What kind of sound was it? Was it, was it like a, a thump or somebody falling? Is that what you mean? Yeah, it was a thump, big thump. Like he, cause he hit into, we had an exercise bike. So oh he fell God. kind of exercise bike and the wall kind of. So you heard the plop. Plus he was a, he was a bigger man. So that it, those two things combined made it a little bit more like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, and, and you were the only one home with him. There was no one else there. No, luckily uh, my brother was around. He was upstairs in his room. He didn't really hear anything because he, I believe he had earphones on. So he wasn't expecting, no one was expecting it. Right. Of course. (laughs) So I was yelling up to him because I couldn't get like, I was like trying to see if I could get my dad to like wake up or see if anything I could do anything myself, but I had very limited mobility at the time. Right. So I finally got my brother downstairs. I called 911. We were, well, my brother um, had to perform CPR on, on my dad until the fire department paramedics got there to help see if they could do anything to help him as well. So it was just a crazy scene in our, it was in our dining room area, seeing him being worked on and not knowing whether he's going to survive this or not. Because at that moment, you don't, re- you don't even know it's a heart attack, right? You just, yeah, you, no, he's just non-responsive. You guys found him and you just jumped into action and wow, more power to your brother too, to be able to perform CPR. That's great. Yeah, we had, well, thanks to 911, they were helping us because yeah, you know, if you know how to do CP- CPR, when it comes to that an emergency with a, someone you love, it, you you forget. All my knowledge would go out my head. You know, I wouldn't know. Right. I wouldn't know what to do. I can't because it, right now, because in that moment, you are just wrapped in the emotion of that being your father. Right. I mean, I couldn't imagine that moment. Exactly. And, and for me, I couldn't do anything. So for me right. to stand there and all I could do was hold the phone with the 911 dispatcher on the phone. Wow. It made it even harder for me because I was like, I, I want to help. 
I was trying but to help, probably, but I couldn't. Right. You probably felt helpless. Yes. I mean, you know, just as far as, yeah, I get that. Oh yeah, my goodness. So, and then once the fire department was there and they were working on them, um, just seeing them perform CPR, putting, you know, the tube down his throat so they could push the air in better. It was just like heart wrenching. And then hearing them talk all these different words that you're like, wait, what are they saying? Are they saying, right. He's going to make it. No, he's not going to make it. And then you hear one, one firefighter say to the fire chief, I don't know. I don't think so. And and I was looking at him, I was bawling because then I was on the phone also with my sister and my, my two oldest siblings, my older brother and my oldest um, sister. I was on a three-way call with them because my brother lives, one lives in Texas. The other one was, she lives in like 15 minutes away, but she wasn't there. So I had them all on the phone while they were all doing this and they were trying to giving me, I had to give them updates as I was bawling my eyes out, not knowing what was going to happen. I had the dogs in the other room going bonkers and they actually did get out of the room without, they actually opened the door. Uh, what are you going to do? And then I is the one that had to try to get them back in the room. So me running to the other side of the house, and meanwhile, the paramedics are still there working on your dad. Right. You had back surgery and you're chasing your dogs. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is, and you're trying to talk to your siblings who are wanting to know play by play of what's happening. Exactly. So trying to oh figure my. that all out. Finally, um, well, the, as like I say, they were the fire, firemen were talking and all this. And finally the fire chief was like, no, we're going to take them. We're going to take them to the hospital. Um, and let them do what they do. And I mean, I was grateful for that because when I talked to one of my friends about that, they go, it would take a whole lot longer for them to take the body if they pronounced him at the house. Oh, and yeah. I think yeah. because the fire chief saw how I was reacting and the dogs and the dogs going crazy, I think they said, he was like yeah. in his head, this will be the better bet yeah. for this family. This yeah. is the better way to go. I've never thought about them having to make that kind of a decision as far as whether they call it or not in that moment. And that they must have to think so quickly on their toes. Yeah, they, they have to do everything so quickly. They kept on saying, push another, push another, like, and you're like, uh, nothing's working. And then you're like, wait, what? You're like, sit, it's just, I couldn't sit. I had to stand. I'm like, just standing there. That sounds very traumatic. So they took him away before they called it, right? Yes. Is that what yeah, they took him to the hospital. Um, I could not go. I couldn't get into a car. Oh, because um, you're back. Because of my back. Oh, so wow. I had to stay home. My brother and my sister and her family um, went to the hospital. Well, during that time, well, they went over to the hospital. My one of my best friends did come over to the house to check on me and be with me for a little bit. And while they were still there, my my sister called and said they had us go into a private room. You know what that means when they say, let's go into a private room. Do you want to be on the phone when they talk? And I was like, yes. 
I want to hear everything that you're hearing because I want to hear from somebody who's a doctor, not somebody who is my sibling. I love you, but I don't want to. Right. Don't love you that much. No, just <laughs> no, I love them to death. But I mean, I was just like, I have, you have to hear it. It's like right. from right. that, the authority in that situation. Right. And it was the doctors. And like I said, luckily I had my two best friends near me when they told us that he didn't make it. And that's when I really started bawling. Yeah, I was crying before because it was just hard to see what they were doing. And I knew basically, I, you know, by just looking at your loved one that they're no longer there. Right. Something's different. Something's different. They're not they're not responsive. They're normally somewhat responsive. Even if they're not feeling well, they're, they'll be like, leave me alone. you like, get away. That's so good that you had friends with you. Yes. For that. Yeah. I mean, they were there. They held me in their arms when, and they started crying too, because it was, right. it's like their family too, because we've been friends for so long. And I was very grateful that they were there. And soon after that, after they did, they had to leave. uh, Then my brother came back from the hospital and we just had our little moment together, which was nice. And we both looked at each other. Like we didn't say anything, but we knew both of our parents are now gone. What are we going to do? Like, you don't have that person to lean on or that person to call or because I always, even with my mom, I had that scheduled time. I would call her. I would right get off work. Get the first phone call I would make on, on my way home, I would be driving home and be talking to my mom. And, and so I, you're, you lost your mom years before to an illness, right? That's correct. Yes. Hers was a, a very, it was, she had COPD, which it can take somebody's life quickly or can take somebody's life slowly. And it was hers was a slow one. So she dealt with it. We knew for hers, it was coming. We didn't know when, but we knew it was coming. So we were a little bit more prepared for that. I mean, I'll go more into detail in, on another podcast about the whole situation with my mom and the illnesses that right. can cause death because that's a whole new other like grief that right. you have to deal with, with illnesses. And, and, and no, no two deaths or loss or for any person who's grieving are the same. I mean, no. right there, you know, you're pointing out that you lost your mom due to an illness that was drawn out and took a long time. And there's a different anticipation and you're right. We're going to talk about that in another podcast. And then your dad though, was so unexpected and sudden and you were there for that entire drama to unfold. Right. And know? I was and, there actually for both. Like when my mom passed, I was there. And and then when my dad passed, basically I was there. They didn't call it, but I was there when he did pass. Right. So seeing both parents basically pass away in front of you, yep. it's a whole nother level. You have felt like you really haven't grieved the loss of your dad yet, right? And that's one of the things you're looking forward to doing on this podcast. Yeah, I, I haven't. Um, like I said, I think the only times I've really cried are that day uh, that my dad did pass. I know I have, there's something, I have something inside me that I know I still have to take care of. 
right. on the grieving side. I know it will never, the healing of the, will never go away because healing will last forever. It takes. Right. Well, no one should ever put a timeline on telling someone that they should be over a loss. That's just ridiculous. Everybody yes. has to take their own time. Yes. And I, you know, this will be interesting to see as we do this podcast and we explore grief and talk about grief and ways to deal and cope with grief and talking to other people as well as exploring what happens after we die, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it helps you, how you progress, you know, and how it, uh, you know, helps pushing you forward. Maybe, maybe you've been burying it these last two years too. And now we're just going to make you face it. And that's what I'm hoping. Cause I know I did bury it because I was having so many things going on at right. once. Like I say, I was trying to heal my body itself from the surgery and now I'm putting my body in a whole nother type of healing of trying right. to heal and grieve the loss of a parent that I yeah. didn't know I was gonna lose it wasn't I knew someday but I didn't think right right then so having all that and then like I said a few days like a few months even later while I was still trying to grieve and then I was trying to go back to work after my surgery. And then on top of that, I lost my job. I had so much going on in my life that I don't think I was able to even sit down with myself or anyone. And then you've also told me, I believe that your dad didn't have a will. So you have also then been having to deal with his estate and property and working all that out, plus throw in a global pandemic and a quarantine. Right. I mean, it's no surprise, actually, you feel like you buried things and haven't dealt with them, right? It's very hard to go through and then having to go through the house and clean out the house, do all the paperwork. Luckily, I do ha did have my family there to help with most, they did most of the estate stuff. I did help with what I could because again, I couldn't do much because my body was still healing. So I did some phone calls and that was about all I could do. Right. Um, but I was very blessed to have, have them there and take over the, the craziness of an estate because Without that will, there's a lot more work. Some people think, oh, it doesn't matter. It'll all just go to my family or I want it yep. to go equally. And they, they think that'll make it easier. But that's, you know, what you found out is that's not the case. No, because probate is not a fun thing to deal with because with the government, as it's not easy and they take their time. Right. They don't, They're not in a rush. They don't <laughs> want, they, they don't care if it takes a year, two years, because right. they'll still get their money. Well, hopefully that's going to wrap up for you this summer, at least that part of it. And that should at least take off some of the burden. I hope but, so. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to have to dive in more too, to see emotionally what it is we can do that to, to help you through this process. Yeah. And I know um, talking about it right here today, it does help as I did have a tear running down my cheek talking about it. So it does help to talk. I have to, I have to say that is the first time I heard the actual event of 
I, I didn't, I didn't even know you had not told me you were there when he fell. I, so I, I know that's been hard for you to talk about. That's the first time you've told me that story. So I could tell you were definitely moved by that. And it's been something that's been hard to talk about. And I'm so glad you've been able to open up and share that story. Cause that experience itself is traumatic. It, it's very traumatic. And if I could just help one person today, that's listening, going, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Right. on how she's dealt with this sudden death or dealing with the, yep. how the estate goes, well, you're dealing with that grief. Okay. Yep. Um, I can do it too. Um, it might take time and it does. It takes a lot of time. It doesn't go away, but it does take, it gets a little better as time goes by. So and that's what I'm looking forward to so I can have that healing process. And with this podcast, I know I'm going to get that healing in me and not just for my dad, but all the loss that I have been dealing with my whole life. As right. Everybody will hear in other podcasts about all the many other grief that I've had throughout my life. So a lot of different things cause grief. That's yeah. true. Again, I hope this helps somebody today and uh, yeah, we're here for I'm hoping, you. We're here that's for right. You. People need to know they're not alone. They shouldn't let anyone tell them, Hey, it's been a couple of months. You should be over it. That's hogwash. Yeah. Yeah. I've had <laughs> and, one person tell me that actually. Um, yeah. And I looked at them like, are you crazy? Because it's, cannot tell somebody that's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, mm. you don't know what I'm going through. Everybody right. is different. You've got, I know you've, this person had experienced loss themselves. So, yeah. but maybe they got through it a little easier than me and quicker than me. That's right. fine. Every, you can't tell somebody you right. should be healed right now. Right. You should right. be good to go. Nothing should come up. No, it's a process. It's a process and we're going to, we're going to go on a journey on this podcast together and we're going to work it out and figure yeah. it out and ask questions. And we'll invite our listeners to sure. write in questions and topics they want to talk about. We'll include our email and our website and everything in our show notes below and, and definitely try to reach out to as many people that are hurting and, and provide some kind of help and support and a feeling that they're not alone is what we hope to do. Yeah. And even if they feel comfortable coming on and talking with us about their situation and what they've been dealing with, we would love to have that here too. Cause that, like I said, it, it, this heal is starting my healing process and it can right. start their healing process as well. And that's right, because we do have, I have connections with grief counselors and therapists, as well as people that work in funeral homes. And we have a variety of contacts with people who are in different aspects of, you know, different career fields and around the country that we're going to invite on the show. But we have a listener who feels that would help them heal to come share their story and talk about their experience. So someone else can relate and you know, everyone's story, it, it can be unique and different. And at the same time, you can trust and believe that there's someone else out there that, you know, is also hurting or struggling with the same thing that you are. So we absolutely yeah. want to do that. And we look forward to that. I know, Misty, you have lost your dad too. Is that right? Yeah, it was um, a lot longer ago. 
for me. I was younger. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting because in my, I was 19 or 20 years old. And before my dad died, he came to me and said he was afraid of dying. Did and of course, that was something that was a clue that something was coming. Well, looking back on it, hindsight, yes. At the time, my 19, you know, 20 year old self was wondering, why are you telling me this? I don't want to hear this from my dad. Right. And his answer was, well, you believe so strongly in life after death. What if you're wrong? And I, I said, well, if I'm wrong, it won't matter because I won't know, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, what, you know, and I said, but if I'm right, I'm going to be teasing you about it on the other side. You know, we, you <laughs> but, but I said, it makes me feel good right now. I find it fascinating. And I don't know why I just always have really had a very strong feeling that there is more to life than this physical life. And it's been my whole life. And I have stories that I could share in future podcasts from when I was a kid, but does it, did anything have this um, come about with you, with your spiritual like background? Your Yeah. Um, I, and it wasn't just my spiritual upbringing. There were things uh, on my own as a child that I said when I was four or five, that um, I think I want to save for another podcast that, you know, telling your mom when you're five years old, you want to go home and that was the only home you've ever known. Of course, the mom is going to say, what do you mean? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> so things like that, which are interesting. And, um, and my dad was very aware of things that happened through my life before I was in college, but he said, um, the reason he was telling me this was because he wanted to believe like I did. So being in college, I took a death and dying class. I actually studied death and dying and psychology at Florida state university, even though I was majoring in TV and radio production my dad and I started reading books on the subject of near-death experiences and life after death and all that kind of stuff and exchanging them and, and talking about them. What book was the major book that made well, you two, There's two that were really, really important. The first one I would recommend everybody grab, Many Lives, Many Masters. It's a quick, easy read. Brian Weiss still has YouTube channels and everything now, but this was his first book. And as a psychologist and as a Catholic, he did not believe in reincarnation, but he had a patient that when he regressed to help with, and he did regression therapy to help with phobias and addictions and habits and those kinds of things. But he was surprised to find her regressing to a previous life. So he writes a book about this and about this patient and it's fascinating and it changed his life. And he took that, that brave step in the seventies to talk about it. Cause especially back then as a psychologist, um, and a therapist, you know, this wasn't <laughs> people look at you and think you're crazy. Yes. Um, but that was a great book. And that was one my dad actually handed to me and said, you have to read this. And I, I do have, I would love to talk more about that book in a different podcast too, because I, I have a, stories within that book and reading that book that I would love to get into. Um, it's fascinating. But then the other one was called After We Die, What Then by George Meeks. And this was a book that I read 
in college. And for some reason, I was inspired to write the author, George Meeks. I couldn't tell you what I wrote. And this was back before email. So this was like on a piece of paper, fold it, put it in an envelope, put a stamp for the little kids out there. Don't know what that is. Right. Takes days <laughs> to right. get the recipient. And I don't have a digital copy of it. But when I was home for Thanksgiving break, he called my house and he was a scientist who was trying to find scientific proof that our consciousness and our energy goes on to somewhere else. Because as they say in, in science, energy only changes form. It doesn't disappear. So yeah. this book is based on his studies in science. And he went around the world and got other scientists together. But basically, he was calling to invite me and my dad to his house in North Carolina to see his research. Wow, that must have been one exciting day to do that. I oh, I was I was so excited. And of course, I thought this was all for me. But when I got there, I quickly found out this was really for my dad. I mean, my dad was like the kid in the candy store looking at his research and he had a basement just full of stuff. And, you know, and he talked to us about even his his wife's funeral and showed us the bulletin where there was a story that he had read about comparing life to when you see a, a ship sail off over the horizon. And in, in your view, the ship is disappearing over the horizon and it's gone. But actually on the other side are people seeing it arrive and greeting it. And so it was this beautiful story about how that that is what death is like. They oh, may be that's got chills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, get this. My dad hands me this bulletin because he was giving us a copy and he said, I want you to read this at my funeral. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> right. I, I thought, where am I gonna put this for the next 50 years and remember, you know? <laughs> So I stuck it in the book and I thought literally it'd be like 50 years. Right. But the, anyway, the, the trip was really definitely for my dad. And my dad said something funny to me. He kind of wanted to make a pact. He said, okay, first one who goes, let's promise to reach out to the other one and get in contact with them. And so we made that pact. Did he ever come? He has, but you know, first I have to say the next year comes along, he dies in a plane crash, wow. completely unexpected, complete shock. So shock in the way that you weren't expecting your dad to die. Right. So I'm sure there are similarities there. You, I can understand the denial part of the stages that we'll have to dive into more because yeah. when I was being told, and I remember the moment being on the phone and my aunt, who is his sister, just kind of mad at her brother and yelling at me. <laughs> my right. dad is dead. Right. <laughs> that damn they all not there. To yeah. actually, yeah. Um, I, I remember in my head going through like a photo album of my future plans where my dad was in them and, and thinking, no, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be. Right. So I guess that's kind of the, the denial part of it, you know? So, um, it was, it was tough, but I was able to read that story and elaborate a little more at his funeral about our experience, you know, and, and going on this journey of helping him believe in life after death. And I, I at least knew, and I had the peace in me that he was not afraid to die when he died. That's and, a great feeling to have. 
that was really, and I, I got to speak to him the night before he passed as well. And for some reason I had it in my head that he and my mom were coming up the next day. And I'd said, you're coming up tomorrow, right? And they said, no, it's the next day. And I remember saying, I don't know why I keep thinking it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. And the tomorrow was the day that he died. I don't know if that means anything or what I was feeling or picking up on, but he has since kept his end of the deal. He has made himself present in dreams as well as around my kids when they were little. And I do have stories about that, that we will definitely have to have more time for (laughs) right? (laughs) because that just fed my curiosity and my fascination. And I think one of the things you and I agreed on when we started talking and we found out all this that we had in common was that you can't eliminate someone's grief. You can't. And there's, there's not a magic formula for someone to fix it. They have to go through it. You could be there for them. But we also find that talking about exploring, you know, the possibilities of life going on somewhat helps, you know, lessen that pain. Exactly. And it, and it also, if anyone fears their own mortality, I think it makes it a little less fearful. And, you know, some people say that, people fear speaking in public more than death. <laughs> and, and that's funny and, and yet that's right. true, but I, I think it also just, it helps take away some of that fear of, okay, well, if I do go, you know, it's, there's something to look forward to. Right. You get to see your family, your friends, your, your pets. It's just, it, I'm so excited to be able to go when I do go to go see and see them and have them my dogs running and my cat running to me. I I'm just, right. and they're there and yeah. I believe they're there. And I've talked to people yeah. who have been shown their pets or seen their pets. And what's really exciting is we started researching this topic and saying, Hey, maybe we could do a podcast. And is there enough subject matter out there and interest? And yes, there is. And there are some podcasts, but there's not a ton. And what I am finding that I'm excited about is there does seem to be this trend in the last several years of more acceptance and proof and stories of, you know, and people, I mean, definitely the people who have in, in the medical field who are around it all the time have stories. It's just a lot of people haven't ever spoken about them before. And we want to give that platform. Let's talk about it. Let's not hide this anymore. You had some crazy dream. Okay. That was your dream. That was your reality. Let's talk about it. You're not crazy. (laughs) You know, you're right. We all have had something. I mean, I know my mom's come to me just, it's taken a while, but she has come to me in a dream. And it doesn't that feel amazing when that happens? Yeah. I was so excited because I was like, wait, where are you, mom? I haven't seen you. Like, talk to me something. I know you're there, but let me hear your, hear your voice one more time. And, and what we're going to do on this journey and this podcast is, you know, along with helping you heal and us explore our curiosities, we're going to find people to get them to open up and be vulnerable about their stories. And we're going to find people who have been around, whether they work at funeral homes or in the medical field, who have been around a lot of, you know, different compelling stories and of grief and, and how people get through and find ways to cope. There's all kinds of different resources out there. And that's what you and I just decided we want to explore and do that on this podcast. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear from everyday people as well to hear what, 
what they do and what their experiences are. Oh yeah, this is this is going to be good. And you know, I think Trisha, you and I, we just survived Death and Dying's very first podcast. <laughs> Trisha, why did we just survive the first podcast of Death and Dying? Uh, because we believe life and love never dies. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's right. It's never goodbye. It's just see you next time. And don't start to cry. Birds are meant to fly. Just.